morning. Thanks for being here at Faith Baptist Church. Grab your songbook and turn to hymn 55 this morning. Hymn number 55. We're going to sing the first and second verse there of At the Cross. Hymn 55. Alas and did. Help me now. Alas and did. of you got to participate in the donuts for dads raise your hand wasn't that good and i think there's some people we need to thank i don't know all of the people but i want to thank those that were involved would you thank them for that that was wonderful. it really was it was a great idea and uh, i should be getting a name on who run wanda yes. grill 
They got it, okay? They got a name. They're going to keep it secret. They're going to, they'll let me know sooner or later, all right? But man, we're glad that you're here, and we're looking forward to what God has for us. Brother Craig will lead us in prayer, and when he's praying, you, you ought to pray, amen? And you ought to ask the Lord to give you uh, what you need today spiritually. I was thinking about the donuts. Great idea. Wonderful. Had three different kinds of donuts. Krispy Kreme, Dunkin', and then a, a local donut place here. And I'm thinking, I'm glad I don't have junior church or children's church today. <laughs> I bet you they're fired up in there today. Amen. And then watch this. And all the adults are going to go to sleep. <laughs> That sugar, that sugar. All right, Brother Craig, lead us. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this another day and all your many blessings you've bestowed upon us. We thank you, dear Father God, for just an opportunity to come to your house and the freedom to do so. We do pray, Father God, that you will take this service. I pray that you'll speak to my heart and um, show me what you want me to see. And, we pray you speak to hearts and be with the pastor as he stands. And if there's anybody, Father, that's lost, let them get saved before it's too late. We love you now. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>
God, I love, I love that song. Glad you're here. We always like to welcome visitors. I know we have some that are visiting with us for the very first time. Never, ever is our intent to embarrass you. But if you're here this morning, this is the first time you've ever attended Faith Baptist Church. Could you raise your hand for me if you're able to do that? Wonderful. We've got several that are visiting with us today. Our ushers are going to give you a visitor's card. You can just fill that out. Put in the offering plate. I say the offering plate in the little box in the back. Or right, when you fill it out, you can give that to one of the ushers or to myself. We're always, always, always delighted to have visitors, okay? All right, if you are a father this morning, if you are a father, if you don't mind, we want you to stand, but remain standing. We have a gift for you. It's not a new truck, and it's not going to be able to pay your mortgage off, okay? Won't be able to do that. You stay standing, even when you get your gift, if you would. Uh, now, let's do this. Go ahead and sit down when you get your gift. Go ahead and sit down when you get it. We're going to have you stand back and make When you get your gift, that way we're, it's easier to see folks if I do that, okay? That's all right, you get your gift, you go ahead and sit down. Once you get your gift, okay. We need some help over here, Brother Dodd, over here, okay. All right, once you get your gift, you can sit down. Once you uh, get your gift. All right, they're coming, they're coming, fellas. Appreciate your patience. They're, they're getting the balcony. Good job. They're getting the balcony up there. Wonderful, wonderful. Wonderful, right there, right there, there you go, wonderful, wonderful. All right, John, if you'd give me one of those, I'd like to have one. All right, thank you, all right, I want to look at that ink pen, all right? What a beautiful ink pen, all right? All right, fathers, if you, if you would, would you stand again, and we just want to say God bless you, hope you have a great day to all of our fathers. In the balcony, God bless you, all of you everywhere in the, in the choir. Y'all can be seated. I really do. Uh, I hope that you have a wonderful day. I'm not even going to go into what my wife's cooking. She's trying to cook what all her sons like as well as me. And so if you don't have nowhere to eat, we got plenty today, okay? <laughs> Just stop by, okay? Yeah, no, but I really sincerely hope that you have a wonderful Father's Day. I know special occasions, Mother's Day, Father's Day, sometimes are very difficult for some people. We understand that. Uh, my father is in heaven, and, and uh, we you know, understand that some of you don't have your father uh, with you today. But I'm glad we always have our Heavenly Father. Amen. You know, our Heavenly Father. So we're glad that we can say our Father, which art in heaven. Amen. And so, uh, again, happy Father's Day to all of you, and I hope you have a, a great, great day. Jonathan has been very gracious today. No choir practice. No choir practice. But he does want you to be in the fellowship hall at 545, okay? Just for just a quick little uh, practice where you come over before we start tonight at 6 o'clock. Hope all of you be back with us tonight at 6 o'clock. And then our teen camp is going to be locally here, not far from the church, July the 19th. Through the 23rd. That begins tomorrow. Is there still time for them to? Okay, you got to have the application. If you're going to go, it's got to be in this afternoon, okay? I'm supposing there'll be some at the Welcome Center. And then July 1st is uh, our church picnic. And uh, the Fitzpatrick's has hosted this for years now. And they really do a good job. 
and the church takes care of uh, the drinks and uh, the, a lot of the meat, the hamburgers, hot dogs, and we ask members to bring, you know, whatever goes with uh, uh, hamburgers and hot dogs. For me, I'll stop by and pick up some chips. I can't make potato salad and baked beans, okay? But if you want to make that, that will be great. A lot of you do, and desserts. A lot of you bring good desserts. And so that'll be July 1st. All of you are invited. And we'll put uh, directions there on the Welcome Center next Sunday. But I hope that you'll make the church picnic. That's from 11 o'clock to 2 o'clock, and that will be uh, July the 1st. So we're going to give out a little... Oh, at the end, okay. They're going to do the grill at the end because they don't want you to get the grill and leave. <laughs> so I'm telling you, it's good to have staff that's way ahead of me, okay. They're at, they keep me straight up here, all right? And uh, Brother Bain said it's already in his truck, okay. I heard that. <laughs> it's amazing the things I hear and I don't hear, okay. <laughs> well, if he was asking for a prayer request, I'd be like, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> All right, man. Glad you're here today. Let's stand together and we'll sing from hymn 65. Near the cross. Aren't you thankful for Jesus going to the cross for you and I? A place we can keep dear in our hearts. Jesus, keep me near the cross. We'll sing first, second, and fourth verse of hymn 65. Jesus, keep me near the cross, there a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's fountain, in the cross, in 
Father, Lord, we thank you for being the good Father you are. Lord, and I pray that you'll help each and every one of us, fathers here today, Lord, to strive to be more like you. Lord, how much you love us, how much you care for us, how much you provide for us. Lord, how much you keep us safe. Lord, and how you watch our step. And Lord, I pray that you help us, Lord, that we'll draw closer to you. Lord, and you'll help us to, Lord, to be more like you. Love our wives and love our family. Lord, I pray that you'll help us now as we hear the message. I know Pastor has prepared, Lord. I know that they will, will be something for everyone here today. Lord, and I just pray that you'll help us to hear what you have for us today. May it not just be a day where we just showed up and spent a couple hours at church, but Lord, you spoke to our heart. Lord, you changed our life and help us. Lord, we sure will praise you and thank you for it. All the glory belongs to you, Lord. We thank you for how good you've been to us. We love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. the cup as the angels watched you kneel you already knew just how the cross would feel how deep the spear would go how sharp the thorns would be and that your father would forsake you in your agony but you did it anyway you walked on up that hill and the sounds of sacrifice are ringing still you knew the magnitude of the price you'd have to pay but for me you did it anyway you knew your closest friends would turn their back on you and leave you all alone to do what only you could do but among the saddest things that caused your heart to grieve was knowing there were those who never would believe and you did it anyway you that heal and the sounds of sacrifice are ringing still you knew the magnitude of the price you'd have to pay but for me you did it Just 
would never be enough. It wasn't out of duty. It was out of love. But you did it anyway. You walked on up that hill. And the sounds of sacrifice are ringing still. You knew the magnitude of the price you'd have to pay. But for me, you did it also. Oh yes, he did it anyway. All right, what a great, great song. This is says, Dear Faith Baptist Family, Kath and I would like to thank you for all the love and support you've shown uh, since the recent passing of my mom. Thank you so much for the beautiful flowers, all the prayers and the words of encouragement expressed uh, through phone calls, text messages, and cards. Also, thank uh, those who were able to attend mom's funeral. What a blessing. The Lord has been so good to give uh, such a caring church family to come alongside of us during this most difficult time. We love you all. This is from Brother Gary and Kathy Easterlin and continue to pray for them. I know they would uh, appreciate that. Pray for Brother Jack King. His son passed away. I visited with him yesterday for a good while. Uh, passed away Thursday. And I know he would appreciate your prayers. Brother Benny, of course, Miss Gail. And uh, Brother Benny had to go back to the emergency room Thursday. I think it's three times this week they had to uh, drain a fluid off of him and so uh, keep him in prayer and then they think some of the chemo might have did some things to uh, Miss Gail's veins so pray for her. Both of them have been just sick and uh, just been members here almost 40 years and uh, just very faithful so keep them in prayer and uh, they would appreciate that. The book of Hebrews the book of Hebrews chapter 11 a very familiar chapter. Book of Hebrews chapter 11 and if you found your place there, if you're in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, if you're able, why don't we stand this morning? And I'm just going to read. I think I just read one verse. That'll save us a little time. Uh, the book of Hebrews, book of Hebrews chapter number 11. And look with me, uh, verse 7. Hebrews 11. Uh, Jeremiah asked me a question while we was making visits yesterday. He said, Dad, can you list the top... Ten fathers, the top ten fathers. I said, man, I, I don't know. And I named two. And then he said, can you list the top ten worst fathers? And I named a couple, but I've been thinking about that. That is a, that is a good, good question. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, I think that the, the gentleman we're going to look at probably... And in some ways, probably not the greatest father in the Bible, but he did something that was great. Something that was great as a father. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 and look at verse 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God. See that? Being warned of God of things not seen as yet, 
moved with what? Now watch this. This is the message. Prepared and what? An ark to the saving of what? Now, there's a lot we can say about Noah, but let me tell you one good thing about Noah. Got his family saved. I said he got his family saved. His family, his family was not destroyed in the flood. Matter of fact, the only family. Do you ever think about that? Here's the only family, the only family that was saved from the flood. How did Noah get his family saved? Our Father, we love you this morning. Thank you for loving us. I pray this morning, these next few moments, that you would meet with us. And God, at special days like this, sometimes are hard. Sometimes there just seems to be some hardness when it comes to the services. God, I pray you'd help us. Maybe make it sweet. God, encourage us, challenge us as fathers. And God, I pray you'd meet with us. We love you. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for what you're going to do. For in Jesus' name, we do pray and ask it all. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to hold your place there. I want you to go to Matthew 24. Many of you, most of you, uh, are very familiar with uh, Noah. H have you ever been there? Uh, uh, is it Ohio where the ark is? Is that Ohio? Uh, I was preaching there in Kentucky. I was about, uh, I guess, two hours from it. And, and the college I was preaching at uh, got the, uh, the president of the college said, how would you like to go see the ark? We can run you up one morning and and you can see that. I said, you know, I've never saw it. I, I, uh, it's a, a replica of Noah's Ark. And uh, I said, I'd love to. They were paying. And uh, I, I said, I would love to. And so uh, the president of the college there ran me up there real quick. And we went really fast. But uh, I really enjoyed it. How many of you ever been there and saw that? Okay, a lot of you. Wow. A lot of you have seen that. A lot of people are familiar with what we call Noah in the Ark. Okay. Look at Matthew chapter number 24. And I'm going to give you another place and we won't try to make you turn as much as I do sometimes look at Matthew uh, chapter number 24 and uh, look at verse 37 when I think about Noah it always rings a bell for me because of this look at Matthew 24 37 but as the days of Noah were so shall also the coming of the son of man be you see that? So the Bible says it's going to be like the days of Noah uh, when the Lord returns. And so that's why whenever I study or read or preach about Noah, it always gets my attention. Why? Because the Bible says it's going to be like the days of Noah when the Lord comes. Okay? Let's go to Genesis chapter 6, if you would. The book of Genesis chapter 6. Our springboard was Hebrews chapter 11. Go with me, if you would quickly the Genesis chapter 6 we're still kind of just laying a quick foundation and we'll get right to the message this morning. I would love to get the men out early today. I would love that. That's not going to happen, but I would love to do that, okay? And, uh, and get you to the restaurant, okay? And uh, look in Genesis chapter number 6 and look at verse 13. The Bible says, And God said unto who? Noah. 
God said in the Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with what? Do you think the earth may be filled with violence right now? If not, you just got here, okay? You just arrived, for the earth is filled with violence uh, through them, and behold, I will destroy them upon the earth. Do you see that? I will destroy them upon uh, the earth. Uh, I'm going to say more time. Go to Genesis 7, if you would. Uh, Genesis chapter 7. And, and look with me at verse 23. The Bible says, And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the earth, both man and cattle, and the creeping things, uh, and the fowl of the heaven. I wish... Noah would have kept the roaches off the ark. <laughs> a lot of jobs because them two got on there. Okay, a lot of jobs. And uh, uh, there's some people very happy that got on there. But watch this. Both man and cattle and creeping things, you sell that, and the fowl uh, of the heaven, and they were destroyed uh, from the earth. And Noah only remained alive. And they that were with him in the ark. Do you see that? Noah and his family were the only ones who were saved from the flood. All the animals, everything else other than what was inside the ark perished. Everything died except Noah, his wife, he had three sons, and then their three wives. And so the question is, is asked, how uh, did Noah get his family saved? Now let me say this. The most important thing in life, the most important thing in life is that you're saved. Three of you agree with that. Man, y'all don't help me, some of you. The Bible says, what profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his soul? Every father wants his children to be successful. Every father wants to protect and secure their children, their wife. Many of us have uh, security systems. Now, was making visits this week, knocked on the door, and this voice came on the phone, and the lady said, uh, uh, we're not there, just leave your literature on the door. She was at work. <laughs> you know, that's the day we live in. But you know, a lot of people have this uh, smart security. And some of you right in church right now, don't do it, but you could pull up your halls and you could look at everything. How many of you could do that right now? Look at that. Okay, some of you can. You don't want nobody to know it, okay? And, uh, but uh, we spend lots of money in security systems. And uh, we buy life insurance. And we have health insurance. And uh, we, uh, uh, you know, try to pay our house insurance. And, uh, and that's in a 401k and a Roth RA and, 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 and I'm definitely not against those things okay and, and we as uh, heads of our home and fathers want to provide and, and protect our families can I get some help there but what if you succeed in those areas and then your family perish in a place called hell you and I as fathers have failed if our children die and go to hell. You might have succeeded in life. You might have had the finest of things and, 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 and invested and, and, and stayed up for college and made all of those sacrifices and you did without so that they could have. But the greatest 
thing that your children will ever do in their life is not to get the uh, valedictorian at the graduation. Not to make the winning touchdown or the last point of the game. But the greatest success that your children will ever make in this life is to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. I want you to notice three quick things about Noah before I get to my message quickly. Number one, Noah was in the minority. Noah was in the minority. I already read it in Genesis 7 and verse 23. That every, every other family, watch this, every family on this planet perished besides Noah and his family. Noah and his family stood alone. Man, can I ask us a question, speaking to myself as well? Can we stand alone? Have you ever thought about Noah standing alone? Think about nobody at his job, nobody in his neighborhood, nobody in his state, nobody in his country, nobody on his planet knew the Lord other than himself, his family. There's a lot of pressure upon us as men today. And a lot of you work in an environment where uh, uh, it's not a, a, a good environment for Christians. And I know we're in South Mississippi, and, and, and it's uh, an exception here. But, you know, a, a lot of America is not like South Mississippi. If you were in San Francisco this morning, you'd find out you'd be pretty lonely this morning as a Christian. And I, and I submit to you this morning, uh, Noah stood as a father. Noah stood as a father and as a husband by himself. Right. Fellows, can you and I, if need be, if the whole world goes crazy, and I think most are, if the whole world goes crazy, can you and I, as fathers, stand for Jesus Christ? In this woke society and, and this uh, transgender uh, society and, and, and this society that seems has lost its way, can you and I, as fathers, continue to lead our families in the right way and tell our boys, boys marry girls, and girls marry boys. Can somebody help me? Can we handle all the pressure that's coming upon us uh, to fold and not to stand? Let me tell us this morning, fellas, hey, you're not standing by yourself. You're not standing by yourself. In the book of Romans chapter number 8, and listen to verse number 31, the Bible says, what shall we say uh, to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I am glad this morning I do not have to stand alone, but the Lord will stand with me as he stood with Daniel in the lion's den. As he stood with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Hey, notwithstanding all men have forsook me, but the Lord has stood with me, Paul said to young Timothy. Quickly this morning, Noah was in the, in the minority. Number two, these are not really points. Noah was warned by God what was coming. Noah was warned by God what was coming. If you go back to uh, uh, Genesis chapter 6, you don't have to. Back in Genesis chapter 6 and very quickly in verse number 13. You know, if I don't finish the message this morning, I'm going to have to do it next Father's Day. 
And if we wait until next Father's Day, you're going to forget, okay? So I've got to get this in quickly. Look in Genesis chapter 6. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come up, up before me, for the earth was filled with violence uh, uh, through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. God warned Noah what was coming. Did you see that? God spoke to Noah. Look at Matthew 24. If you want to turn there really fast, Matthew chapter 20. There's a lots of verses. Uh, I do myself this all the time. I have all these verses down that I'm not going to have time to, to go to. But in, uh, in, in Matthew chapter number 24, look at verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and, and pestilence, and earthquakes, and divers places. And these are the beginning of sorrows. And we see here, God, uh, the Lord Jesus, is warning us what is coming. Do you know what's coming? We call it the Great Tribulation. God warns us what is coming and that he tells us to watch and to be ready uh, for what is coming, okay? We would be wise. We would be wise to be watching and to be ready. Noah was wise as a father because God had warned him. He said, Noah, uh, look, I know you're in the minority. It's just you and your family. But Noah, I'm going to destroy this earth. And, and Noah, hey, you need to move. Not move as another location, but you need to move. And you're going to see that Noah moved. Number three, Noah moved with fear. Go back to Hebrews quickly. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, really fast. Look at verse 7 again. This is where we're going to preach from. Oh, we're going to go to Genesis. I'm sorry. Look at Hebrews 11, 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, see that he was warned of God, not seen as yet, moved with what? You know, we need a fear of God in this planet. The Bible says, by the fear of God, men depart from evil. So the Bible says that Noah moved with what? Fear. And then it says, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. So Noah was a father that got all of his family saved. I did not grow up in a Christian home. But once I got saved and realized what salvation was all about, I think I can honestly say as a father, as a son, the greatest desire I have had at least for the last 40 years of my life is to see all of my children in heaven. All of my grandchildren in heaven. All of my brothers and my sisters. My mom and my dad. I want to see all of my family in heaven. Can I get a witness there? That is the greatest desire that I have. It's to see my family saved. Do you have that desire this morning to see your family saved? Amen. Noah reached his family. Now, how did he do that? I'm going to give them to you quick. And uh, let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 6, okay? And I told you wrong. We're going to preach from Genesis 6. I apologize. Go to Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to give you four quick things about Noah that helped him, that reached his family, that got his family saved. 
Look in Genesis chapter 6. Look at verse 8. But Noah found what? Grace in the eyes of the Lord. Number one, Noah found grace. It was by grace that Noah was saved in his family. And by the way, if you and I are going to be saved, it's going to be by grace. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, not of works, least any man should boast. If your family is going to be saved, if my family is going to be saved, it's going to be through the grace of God. It's not going to be through a religion. It's not going to be through a denomination. But Noah was saved by grace. And by the way, that is the way you and I are saved. It's going to be by God's grace. Amen? Number two, not only does God give us grace to be saved, but God gives us grace to serve. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, listen to what Paul said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Amen. Not only do we need grace to be saved, but we need grace to serve. Not only do we need grace to serve, but we need grace to suffer. It could be that you and I, there are going to be some suffering going on. There'd be some suffering going on. And we're going to need God's grace when it comes to suffering. Listen to the, what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. And listen to what he says. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. And Paul was suffering. And you know what God gave Paul? He gave him grace. I think of Brother Benny this morning and Miss Gail. You know what they need? They need God's grace. Some of you are suffering physically, maybe spiritually, maybe in a different era of your life. Hey, you know what you need? You need God's grace. The Bible says God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Number one, Noah reached his family by grace. By the way, it's all by God's grace. Amen? And Noah was saved by grace. We are saved by grace. We serve by grace. Hey, it is by the grace of God that I am here preaching this morning. It's by God's grace. It is by God's grace that we can suffer and get through our trials. Number one, Noah found grace. Go back to Genesis 6. Keep your place there. Look at Genesis chapter 6. Notice the second thing about Noah. The Bible says in verse 9, verse 8 says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Look at verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a what? A just man. Number one, he found grace. Number two, he was a just man. Now what does that mean? That means he was a righteous man. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 2 that Noah, watch this, he was a preacher of righteousness. I'm telling you, if Noah was here today, there would be some things he would preach against. There would be some things he would thunder out. And there would probably be some people that would uh, protest Noah and, and mock Noah and say, Noah, you need to get with the program. You are, you are too old-fashioned, Noah. But Noah was a just man. You know what we need? We need some men who will live a righteous life. Men who will live a, a righteous life. You say, preacher, can you live 
live a righteous life in this crazy world? The answer is yes. I want you to see this verse. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Would you turn there? Did I say 2 Timothy? I haven't gotten here yet. It's the donuts, okay? It's the donuts, okay? Look at Titus chapter 2. I do this. Oh, I'll pray for you, Pastor. Look in Titus chapter number 2. Look in Titus chapter 2. Watch this. You're going to like this verse. It will encourage you. Number one, Noah found grace. Number two, Noah was a just man. He was a just man. That means he was a righteous man. He was a righteous man. Think about that. Everybody he worked with, unrighteous. Everybody he lived by, unrighteous. Everybody on the planet, unrighteous. But Noah lived a righteous life. That ought to challenge every one of us as men. Church, you have no idea what it's like where I work, where I live. I know what it was like for Noah in his day. The earth was filled with violence. And the Bible says man's imagination was only evil continually. Look in Titus 2 and verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Amen. You and I as men need to be living a righteous life. Amen. Number three, go back to Genesis chapter 6. Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Watch this quickly. Noah was a just man and what? And what? Now the word perfect, you and I use the word. We think of perfect, sinless perfection. And uh, the book of James uses that same word. And let me read it to you in James chapter 1. My brother counted all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the tried of your faith worketh patience. But watch this. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. When the Bible says that Noah was a perfect man, it means he was a complete man. That it, he, was, he was a mature man. He was not fickled. He was not pouty. He was not so easily offended. We need some men today who, who, who will be a man and not so fickled. And, and we don't need pouty men. Uh, we, we, we don't need a discouraged man. We need men that will stand for righteousness. Not cocky man. Not arrogant man. Noah wasn't arrogant and cocky. But boy, he was a complete man. He was a mature man. After we get saved, the Bible says that we're to grow, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We live in, in, in a society uh, where the society wants to weaken the man gender. You and I need to be a man. Not cocky, not arrogant, but let, let's not make females out of men. Can I get some help there? Noah was a just man. He was a perfect man. He was a, a, a complete man, not tickled and, and not pouty. He was a man and he was a mature in the Lord. We need some men to grow in the Lord Amen. and become mature men. Yes. Mature men. And go back to Genesis and I'm done. Genesis chapter 6. Noah had found grace. Noah was a just man and Noah was a perfect man. But wait a minute before you condemn him, before you condemn him, he got all his kids on the ship, on the boat. Yeah. Got his wife on him. Got all his boys on him. Got their wives on him. They was all saved. Everybody else outside the ark was screaming and, and, and hollering. And, oh, God, save me now. God, forgive me now. God, I'll get right now. God, help me now. But it was too late. It was too late. Noah's family was safe. Watch this. Here's the message. Look in Genesis chapter 6 and look at verse 9. 
These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. Here it is, fellas. And Noah walked with God. And Noah, watch this. It's my fault. It's not your fault. I try to push my sermon quick as I could to get to this. Because I believe this was the message. Noah walked with God. I don't know of a greater need than that we need men. Thank God for the women that walk with God. Thank God for the youth conference. And thank God for the, the camp next week. And thank God for all the emphasis that's, that's uh, uh, put here at Faith Baptist Church. And we try to, we try to minister and, and love our young people. And I think that's right and that's good. And, and we have the ladies' conferences and we got all these stuff. But we need some men who walk with God. Fellas, I think it's wonderful to teach your boy how to play a ball. I try to do that with all my boys and played ball with them and teach them how to fish. And, and uh, I never really taught them how to fish, to be quiet. I took them fishing, but I never learned myself, really. I was just, I played ball my whole life. And, and, uh, and I just, uh, that was kind of where I was at as a young person. And, and uh, I think it's wonderful to teach them how to change the oil. They need to learn how to do that, by the way. And they need to get a little dirty. And they, the boys need to get a little greasy. And, and uh, you know, let them take out the trash and the, and the bag breaks on them. And it's a bunch of yucky stuff there and you got to pick it up. My wife and I got married. I, I got a job at the city of Gulfport and worked there for six years. You'd like to know what my job was? I worked in the sewer department. Would y'all like for me to describe what I have been into up to here? Tell you some stuff that is floating that would take your breath. I'll tell you one story. Now, I wasn't in on this one, but they was embalming a body. And you know when they embalm people, they're taking the blood out. You understand. Where do you think all of that goes? We was fixing a sewer line, and they was in the process of embalming a body. I have been in stuff that you could not describe. I've been in manholes with 18 zillion roaches. If you ever pop a manhole lid, y'all didn't know where your pastor came from, did you? <laughs> I came from the sewer, man. And uh, and uh, but anyway, you take a you take a shovel and you, you get that manhole lid off and you pop that lid. If you do not, this is true now, listen to me, this might save your life one day. If you do not see a roach in there, don't go in there. <laughs> it's true, there's gas. And that gas will kill you. If a roach can, a, a roach can survive a nuclear bomb, but it won't survive in that manhole if those gases get so strong. And it's happened. You could take some manholes, literally, and pop it. You don't see where you could take a lighter, take something lighting, and throw it in, and it go. Poof. You didn't know that, did you? See how much Bible you're learning this morning? <laughs> you're learning that Bible today, buddy. I was talking about, you know, men, we, we teach our boys to get dirty, get in the dirt, get your little hot wheel, and you get in the mud, you get mud all over you. Amen. Teach your boys to work, work hard. But the greatest thing you'll ever teach your boys or your girls is to walk with God. We need men that will walk with God faithfully. A lot of you are good men in this room who I love with all my heart. I do. I would probably not a thing I wouldn't do for you outside of sinning. If you had a need, I really would. I would try to help you. 
I think He would do for me. But some of you, you're in and you're out and you're on and you're off. Your walk with God is up and it's down and it's up and it's down. We need some men that will walk with God faithfully. Noah walked with God faithfully. We need some men that will walk with God publicly. And what I mean by that is, is not by a show or, or, or not to try to impress anybody, but people where you work, people where you live, they know you are a Christian. If I were to go to your job and I would mention your name, but they say, yeah, I, I know Joe. He's a Christian. If I were to tell the people you work with, did you know Joe's a Christian? Would they say, he's what? I've been out so winning. I've been invited into homes. and I've been given the plan of salvation to a man and a wife. And, and I'd be going through the plan of salvation and get toward the end. And the man would say, oh, Preacher, I, I've already been saved. And I've seen the wife. I've seen this happen quite a bit through the years. And I've seen a wife go. <laughs> You've been saved? Now she didn't say it, but she's like, You saved? And I've seen it the other way. My children may not agree with everything about me, but I hope they all know this. Their daddy is making a genuine attempt to walk with God. I don't want to be a secret, private Christian. We ought to not be ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ. The world is trying to push us in a corner. They're trying to silence us. They're trying to tell us uh, any way to heaven, it, it'll work. It, it won't work. There's one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. We need to walk with God privately. Walk with God privately. I'll read it to you. I might make you turn. I try to not wear you out. Sometimes I just wear you out going and going. I understand. But listen to this in Matthew 6. Take heed that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Uh, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites uh, do in the synagogues and in the streets that they uh, uh, may have glory of men. Verily I say to you, they have their reward. But when thou doest thine arms, let thy left hand not know what thy right hand doeth, uh, that thine arms may be in secret that thy father which is in secret himself shall reward thee openly when thou prayest. Uh, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets uh, that they may be seen of man. Verily I say to you they have their reward. But thou when thou prayest enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut thy door pray to thy father which is in secret and thy father which is in secret shall reward thee. But that's not a contradiction. If you go to Matthew, uh, keep reading there. He said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your fathers in heaven. But our motive, our motive is to walk with God and have a private time with God that affects our public walk. We need men that pray. Amen. We need men that are not afraid Amen. to get on their knees. No. I told you before, the house we have now, I don't have it here, but our other home, I had a little bitty office upstairs and, and I'd be studying on Saturday afternoon there. That's the only time I normally would study at home was Saturday afternoon. I'd be studying and Sometimes kids will be playing, you know, kids and running the house and all that. And sometimes they'd, you know, want to ask something. They'd run in my office, open the door, and I'd be on my knees. And you'd hear, you'd kind of hear, you could feel the door shutting back. And, and there's probably a time or two I said, man, I was trying to pray. 
you know, I stopped. I never would correct them for when that would happen. I stopped and said, no, that is a good thing to see Daddy on his knees. I didn't do it for that purpose. I didn't try to set that up. I never did that. But they would open the door and say, Dad, I'm sorry. I said, it's fine. I said, that is a good thing to see Daddy on his knees. It's a good thing to see Daddy open his Bible. It's a good thing to see Daddy at church and Daddy at an altar and Daddy communion and talking and seeking God. We need, we need men that walk with God faithfully, publicly, privately. And, but watch this. Here's the sermon. We need men who will walk with God preeminently. In other words, what's number one in our life is God. There's, so, there's such a fight here, and even in among churches and, and, preaching, and preaching today. Go to Colossians 1. I'm done. Go to Colossians 1. Colossians chapter 1. Preacher, the most important thing in my life is my wife. Most important thing in my life, my kids. You're going to wind up not getting your kids on the boat if you're not careful. God ought to be number one in our life. I've been married 42 years. Just go see my wife Go and ask her. Don't you wish your husband had done something else? He gets up there and tells everybody that God's number one. Don't you feel neglected? I think, hopefully, she would say, oh, no. It has made him a lot better man. If the walk for God is real, it'll make you a better husband. It'll make you a better father. Look in Colossians chapter number one. We need men who will walk with God preeminently. The most important thing on this life is not your job, sir. That's right. I'm sorry. The most important thing is not how much money you got in the account. No. What's going to happen to all that when you die? No. The Bible says you brought nothing into this world and it is certain you will carry nothing out. The book of Colossians chapter number 1. And the Bible says in verse 18, And he is the head of the body, the church, uh, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Some of you young couples are making big mistake. Because for you, it's, it's all about the, the children. It's all about your family. And, and man, it, we, we need to learn in that area. We need to grow in that area. But boy, we need some men who walk with God. George W. Stewart, you know I've been listening to him a lot lately and done listening to all the sermons and listening to him again. And uh, just tremendous, tremendous, tremendous preacher. Died in 1944. Pastored the church in First Baptist in Dallas for 47 years. He told this story. I, I, just, I think it was yesterday I was listening to it. or It was either yesterday or Friday. He said there was a man in his church. He, he congratulated him. He said, uh, Brother, I want to congratulate you. Your business has done so well. It has just done so well. I want to congratulate you. And the man started crying. Tears started flowing down his face. Brother Truett said, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to. I don't know what I said. I, I just said, I was congratulating you on your, on, on your business. It's done so well. I, I don't know what I said to upset you. And I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. Because when I said that, you started crying. 
And he said, this very wealthy, successful businessman said, yes, I've been very successful. Very successful. He said, not one of my children want anything to do with God. Nothing. Not one of them. He said, it came at a great price, this business. Yes, lots of money. Very successful. But I lost every single one of my children. There's a lot of pressure upon the man today. And I want you to be successful. I, I'm for the fun and the, the balance of all of that. But here's the thing about Noah. He got all his family on the ark. 30 years from now, most of us in this room won't even be alive. 30 years from now. 50 years from now, probably not a person in this room will probably be alive. A hundred years from now, probably nobody on this property will be alive. 200 years from now, nobody in a thousand miles or 6,000 miles will be alive. You know what's going to matter? What did you do with Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. Noah walked with God. Boys, try help him. We got to build a boat. Damn boy, we got to build a boat. It's going to rain. How do you know it's going to rain? God told me to. And that they believed him because I believe his walk matched his talk. So they all kicked in, man. Hey, daddy walks with God and daddy said, if a floods are coming, a flood is a coming. We better go to work, honey. Make some eggs, get some bacon. We got to be put in 12 hours a day. Because daddy hears from God. Daddy walks with God. Hello. Men, are we walking with God? Come on, now don't bow up on me. Don't get mad at me. Don't pull the sermon back to me. Are we walking with God? Well, not like we should, preacher. Not like we should. Well, let's make some adjustments. That's why we come to church. The Lord ain't came yet. He is. He's going to come one day. So let's make some adjustments. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.